Hello, friends, and welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. My name is Scott Cowan, and I'm the host of the show. Each episode, I have a conversation with an interesting guest who is living in or from Washington State. These are casual conversations with real and interesting people. I think you're going to like the show. So let's jump right in with today's guest. We're going to get started. I'm sitting here with Jeff Barlow. Jeff, I'm going to remind you of how I first met you and why I asked you out on the show. And I think, and I was always worried the way I described it to you on the phone, I might have offended you because I described you as this, this odd guy who was standing at the stage with a sketchbook and he was just standing there. And I was like, I was with my wife and my good friend and we're sitting there. And by the way, everyone, this is at Slim's Last Chance in, in South Seattle, which is this tiny little dive bar. It's a great little dive bar. But I don't know Jeff, you know, didn't know who he was. He's standing there, minding his own business. I mean, it's not like, Jeff, you were being disruptive, but you were just standing there at the corner of the stage. I'm like, what's he doing? What's he doing? And all night long, it was, what's he doing? Well, then the next day, Facebook blew up with all the pictures from that event because it was Christy McWilson um, and Dave Alvin came to town and, and Dave, Dave Alvin was playing guitar. And I think it was a... a a loosely held secret that Dave Alvin was going to be at, at Slim. So the place was packed. The, 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 there was electricity in the air. I mean, there really was, it was, it was an amazing show. Right. And so Jeff, who's in a kitchen, kitchen radio reunion, if I remember. Yes. Kitchen radio re, uh, reunion. That's correct. We left partway through that because they were so loud. I couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. They were just too loud for the room. They sounded like, I think I liked their music. It was just, it was yeah. physically painful for me. So Jeff's, standing there he's got this book out i'm like what's he doing well it turns out that jeff you do drawings of bands but you the 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 shtick which is really cool is that you draw in the time of just one song and you're you release the effort to the wild if you will if it's great it's great if it's if it's not you're 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 okay with that Mm -hmm. so i saw one of your drawings on facebook and I really liked it. And I reached out to you. I want to buy one of those. I also want to have you on the podcast. Well, so far I haven't bought one and we're recording a podcast. So we're getting there. But then, <laughs> there. But then for quirk, we, twist of fate number two, as I'm doing my research today before we get on here, I, I see that you have a day job as a creative director for a small company that no one's ever heard of called Boeing. That's right. So my first question to you is, I'm not even going to let you introduce yourself because I'm just going to tease the questions out of you. Is what does the create, oh, by the way, the the tagline that I'm looking on the browser right now, it, it's Jeff Barlow, creative director at Boeing. This is from LinkedIn.com. I'm reading, this is publicly accessible. Sure. Jeff is one of the nicest people in the business. He's a teacher through and through and always inspires his team to create work that solves a business. And then it goes dot, dot, dot. Okay. What does the creative director do at Boeing? Well, first of all, it's not the creative director. It's a creative director, right? right? There's, there's multiples of us. How many, how many, let me interrupt you. How many creative directors do you think Boeing has? Uh, that I know about right now, there's two of us. Okay. And since I've, since I've been there, it's been as many as seven in the past. It had been even more than that, but, um, the, the idea of what we do has narrowed significantly because uh, 
we don't do a lot of the smaller stuff anymore because it can get handled other ways. Okay. So uh, my job is to work with uh, somebody in one of the businesses that has a, a goal that they want to achieve. For example, I worked with uh, communications to do all the graphics for the Paris Air Show. Okay. We have a big presence over there. It has walls. We put the stuff on the walls. It has screens. We put video on the screens. There's an internet connection to it. We build the website for it. Gotcha. Um, all that kind of stuff. But my job is to work with them to figure out what the strategy is. What do we need to accomplish? Okay. And then to work with the design team to say, all right, here's the strategy. Now go design it and bring it back to me. I, I, so you can't help me with my quest to make the bathrooms on a Boeing airplane comfortable for a man who's six foot four. <laughs> all right i cannot unfortunately i'm all i'm all about communication all right well i had you know okay i thought thought maybe i had a shot okay and how long have you, to, how long have you been at boeing seven coming up on seven years okay and so you do you so you kind of it's project work then like the paris air shows a project mm -hmm. um maybe another group wants you to do something and all of this all right yep i also saw then on LinkedIn that you have sketched like an, I think it was a B 17. Uh -huh. um, and, and that was pretty cool. No, no. What was that? It was a B 25. 25. The B 25 was in town. No, maybe, no, it was a B 25. I haven't drawn the B 17 yet. It's on my list, but it was a B 25 called grumpy that was in town <laughs> for some sort of celebration. So I ran over there and sketched it. Don't you think it's a little odd that Grumpy was in town for a celebration? <laughs> okay. I hadn't thought of it that way, right. but you're right. So, but why I wanted you on, and so the Boeing piece is very interesting to me. I mean, uh, that's a very cool, because it ties into Washington State. It's it's very, you know, it's very near and dear to our, um, to our state. What got you started doing live music? Well, uh, have you heard the term urban sketching? I have, but I'm going to ask you to explain it. Okay. Um, the, the first place I ran into it, there's a, a gentleman named Gabby Campanario who was the Seattle sketcher for the, uh, the, the Seattle PI. Okay. And he'd go out once or twice a week and he would find a scene in Seattle and he would sketch it. And his idea was find a place that you care about, that you like, that you love and sit and sketch it. And it becomes a part of you, okay. right? And it will become more a part of your soul drawing for 30 minutes or an hour than if you took 200 pictures of this place, right? Mm -hmm. And he gave a workshop at a design conference I was at, and I, I did it. And it was like, I started to get excited about it. Okay. This urban sketching thing, go someplace you love and sketch it. So much so that I was getting ready to do a backpacking trip to Yosemite. And I thought, instead of bringing a camera, I'm going to bring a sketchbook. And I got 12 sketches over a week instead of 400 photos. And I got to tell you, those sketches, I open up that book and look at the sketch of the lake. And wow, it takes me right there. I can smell the trees. I can feel the breeze. I can feel the heat of the sun, everything. So fast forward, I've been doing this for a while. A friend of mine who's a musician invites me to his band gig. And I show up and I thought, well, I'm going to urban sketch this band. Well, it was terrible. They won't hold still. They're all over the place. And I was starting to get frustrated. And I was like, fine, if you're going to just 
be a mess, then I'm going to be a mess. The next song, and this is all a conversation I'm having with myself in my head. I wasn't talking to the band. I was just sitting in the back with my sketchbook. I was like, all right, next song they do, when they start, I'm going to start, and I'm going to draw the whole band in one song and see what happens. And they struck up, and and they finished, and I pulled the pencil out, and I was like, that's kind of cool. So I tried it again. And now I go to one show a week and get between 15 and 25 drawings a week. I just finished my 48th sketchbook. I just passed 3,000 or so drawings. Wow. And I'm the guy who draws the band in one song. I have a lot of questions about this. I really do. And but, but, I hope I can answer them. But one of the things that you, 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 the whole Yosemite thing, uh-huh. I've, I've read many times that if you're, taking notes that the act of putting pen or something to paper, right? The writing Mm -hmm. it out is you, you retain more of that than you do. If you, if you type. Absolutely. And I, I think that's true. The Mm -hmm. problem for me is that if I try to read my writing, then I never understood what I wrote. Um, Luckily my memory is better so I can remember it, but I can't read it. But I do think that's interesting, but I had never drawn the connection to um drawing versus photography so that's kind of that's kind of cool i actually ran into another guy who sketches bands he doesn't do it in one song he just shows up and does sketches and uh he says you know some people will say well you're not paying attention to the music how do you get that and he says what they don't understand is that you and i know those bands better than anyone that was in that audience well, we're going to go there too. All right. So okay. where, so your friend that invited you out to the first, so that was your in, in, in introduction to this. Yep. Do you remember the first band that you went to of your own free will, if you will, to go to and do this? It might have been, hang on, I'll tell you. Uh, yeah. I guess if you got, if you got the sketchbook, got the sketchbook right here. Yeah. So let's find the first the first book was not dedicated to bands it was dedicated to all my urban sketching so if i can find him i will find the next band and then we'll be set so okay here we go there it is that's the first one right there not that you can see it in a podcast right but but i can see it folks yep so we turn the page. The band was called Quarter Past Eight, and they did like classic rock stuff. They're they're still playing together. Okay. And the first band after that is there's a drawing of Wisconsin. There's a penguin. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought this was going to be faster than. It oh is. no, this is cool. Okay, it was. Jeremy DeBards, who now I believe goes by, I can't remember what he goes by, but he's a, he's a one-man musician that plays a guitar, holds a drumstick, and sits behind a drum kit and sings and plays and beats all at the is same he time. Is Everett? I think so. Kind of a hard it's rock sound. Um, uh-huh. I think he's on tour with Tool right now. He might be. And he goes by something. I saw him, in, I saw him online. And I thought, oh, this would be kind of cool to talk to him on the show. And yeah, uh, he, and he kind of, does he dress up in costumes kind of a little? This guy's kind of 
flamboyant like oh yeah he's very energetic yeah like kind of like last time i saw him he was wearing a fez uh i saw him i saw some picture i wish i could think of who his name or what he goes by now um but he was backstage somewhere he looked like he was a, a and I mean this nicely. I don't mean it. Sarc- well, I'm being sarcastic, but I don't mean it. Yeah. But it looked like it was like Kiss meets John Travolta <laughs> meets a clown from the Ringling Brothers Circus. It was bright, colorful. It was kind of for a performer. It was cool. Let's just yeah, put that he's way. a performer is a perfect way to put it. But okay. he was opening for a band called Chris Mess. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, at uh, Tim's Tavern in the old location of Tim's Tavern. So that was the first one I went to on my own. And I was just like, I'm going to go check these guys out and bring my book. Okay. So what you said the first time you you were in the back of the room, mm-hmm. is that where you started out doing this that you started sitting or when did you start? Cause it's pretty bold to stand up front all night long. I mean, I mean <laughs> that complimentary, like you, you, sure. you've got to carve your space out. People, people might not like that's prime real estate sometimes. So did you start in the back of the room and as you got more comfortable, you moved your way up or what's the process? It was, it was pretty quick. I realized that the way I need to capture detail, I needed to not have anybody in my way. Okay. So it was pretty quick that I worked my way up to the front the, um, at bigger shows. At smaller shows, there isn't really an issue because you go, I, I deliberately go to smaller venues mm-hmm. where there's 12 people in the audience and eight of them are the other two bands who were playing that night. <laughs> so, so you see my friends play. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> probably. But uh, so I could kind of sit anywhere with those, but then I started just working my way up to the front and I try to go over to the side. I don't want to block anybody's view. And the other thing that is I, I, I get there very early and I grab a spot so that there's no question about where I'm going to be. I don't move around mm-hmm. so that I'm not, you know, I've seen photographers uh, who are really, really good about staying low profile and whatever. And then I've seen photographers who really ruin the show for the audiences because all of a sudden they're just standing right in front of people. We had a and little I'm, of both at, at the Christy McWilson show. I mean, there was, uh-huh. a, there was one guy who was really good. Um, yep. He was really, he stayed low and the stage is low. There, Mike so Mitchell. Yep. Mike Mitchell. And that then, guy is a photo ninja. And then there was another person who, you know, they weren't, they, yep. they weren't awful, but they weren't it. In fact, honestly, I probably wouldn't have even paid him any attention other than the other guy was so discreet <laughs> that yeah. this other guy looks so annoying versus yeah that. but all right he's a that guy's actually a really good friend of mine and he told me once he says when i first started doing this i had somebody tap me on the shoulder and say you know you ruined the show for a lot of people and he said that was just a big wake-up call and he's like i can't do that anymore so i get there early try to find a spot in the corner i try to get a spot where i can step back and in, into the shadows a little bit because i don't want the band to be affected by what i'm doing i don't want to be looked down like what is this guy what, what's going on right although I did have a guy. Sometimes when I show them this stuff at the end, they'll say, uh, I wondered what you were doing over there. So I draw the band in one song. Oh, that's so cool. And one one time I had a guy like right in the middle of of his show, like he finishes a song and walks over to the edge of the stage and looks at me. He's like, dude, what the hell are you doing? I just held up my book. I said, I draw the band in one song. He's like, oh, that's cool. And then he went on One, two, three, four, off we go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so 
You said earlier you go to one show a week? Yep. Okay. What- Unless there's two bands playing that I really, really want to see, then I'll double it up. But All right. I, I just don't have the energy. I'm an old man. I understand. It took it out of me because we're based in Wenatchee. So we came over, we stayed overnight. Yep. It's, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of work. It's uh-huh. a lot of work going to see live music. It wasn't when I was in my twenties. It was something I yep. did all the time. How far do you go? So you said earlier, you said you live North of Seattle. So how far do you go? What's kind of the radius that you like to go? Um, a good show in Tacoma will bring me out. Okay. Um, I've been to Tony V's in Everett and uh, Black Lab Gallery in Everett. Those are two really good places that draw a pretty good crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite uh, from distance-wise is Daryl's Tavern is about six blocks from my house. So I always love going to Daryl's. <laughs> and uh, somehow, they Shoreline, Washington on Aurora Avenue, there's no reason they should draw out the people. But, boy, they get good acts there. A lot of really good people love to play Daryl's. So it's always a good it's show there. been one of those places that I've always kind of like, hmm. You know, it's like Slims. I mean, honestly, yep. Slims, Slims, no offense to Slims, but that stage is pretty small. It's not, it's not, it's not a great room. Well, it, you got to go there. Yeah. You got to go there in the summer too, because uh, they open up the doors yeah. and the stage is an old flatbed truck out in the right. back. And that's and what it was supposed to be that night, but then the rains came in and, you know, it just, um, yep. it, it got to be, you know, it was what it was. Um, so you like Daryl's where else, where else have you, uh, gone? Uh, what, oh, let me, I, I want to treat like you, I'm going to treat you like a musician. So please do when, where's your favorite venue to sketch bands at? The, I, I have different favorites for different reasons. Um, I really like doing the Skylark. Because they have a table right next to the stage. <laughs> and I can sit and draw. And uh, sometimes I'll set up my phone camera and do a time lapse right across my sketchbook. Mm-hmm. So you can see the band moving and see the see the drawing come to life in you know 30 seconds. Um, I like to do that because people, there's a band, and I, I'm not going to mention who they are because I don't want to, I love them, but... Uh, I've been drawing them for years and I was having a conversation with one of them recently where I told him, Oh yeah, you know, I get a lot of drawings because they're all one song. He's like, wait, you do this in one song. I was like, dude, I've been drawing your band for five years and you're just getting that. And it's not that he's not paying attention. It's what I do. I think is such a weird, hard to wrap your head around kind of thing that I get that question a lot. It's like, wow, this is really cool. That's awesome. I love what you're doing. How long do these take you? And I was like, one song. And they're, it kind of blows their mind. It's like it, they can't wrap their head around it. But, And I, I got to admit, sometimes I go too. And sometimes my rule is if they haven't started the next song, it's still one song, right? Like the time it takes them to tune and to right. talk right. with the audience and that kind of stuff. Because I'm just like, ah. Because I also, I really like going to bands I've never heard before because there's a certain energy about not knowing when the song is going to end. Well, that's actually, okay, that's really interesting because I was thinking like, you know, if you went to 
a Ramones type band where they play three minute pop songs that you're, 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 you're not, I don't want to say scribbling, but you're working real fast versus oh, yeah. if you're going to some, you know, Pink Floyd prog rock band, that's going to, or a dead band, uh, yeah. they're going to noodle their way through 12 minutes. You've, you've got, you know, you've got a lot of time. Um, what type of music do you tend to gravitate towards? Um, my music taste is pretty wide, pretty wide open. My, I, I grew up on kiss and the Beatles. So that's pretty, pretty for our, for our, we look at, I think we're similar, similar age range. That's pretty common. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I, my rules for music are, it has to be original. Okay. And it has to have an edge to it, right? It's got to have some teeth in it. Okay. So I enjoy punk rock. I enjoy, you know, garage rock. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy a Johnny Cash-esque country music. I, I think Christy McWilson, I, I love I love seeing her play. Um, just, you know, it's it's definitely not punk rock at all, but it's got a it's got a certain edge to it. But I have I have done jazz. I've done, I drew Big Bad Voodoo Daddy a while back at the Triple Door. Ooh, okay. And there's nine people in that band. So I was drawn pretty fast there. Uh-huh. Uh, I've drawn uh, single artists sitting on a bar stool. Uh, I was on a, a business trip in Boston and just Googled live music in Boston and found a little absolute, I mean, you think Slim's, you think Daryl's is a dive? Uh-uh, this place, I'm pretty sure there were bullet holes in the walls. Now I but, say dive with a, with a, grin and a smile because oh, absolutely yeah, right. absolutely the right. dives are the best right that's where you're going to find the real stuff i don't want to come find some place that was you know funded by a uh you know a stock options millionaire right. and made super fancy it's like that's not punk rock you need to come over to wenatchee and go to wally's house of booze see now i love the sound of that already so it's, i don't even drink well no the but wally's house of booze and it's a punk rock a bar in Wenatchee, Washington. Mm-hmm. The first time my wife and I were, uh, we lived in the Tacoma area. We were thinking about moving. And um, uh, do you know Steve Pearson? Mm-mm. So Steve was, uh, he was in uh, the band down, well, uh, in the late 70s, early 80s called The Heats. And okay. um, Steve had moved over here to the Wenatchee area. And um, we, we'd go see them play in other bands. Anyway, one night we're, in Kaliyalam and we're, we're talking about where we're going to move and cause I'm tired of the traffic on the West side and all this stuff. And yeah. so anyway, go to Steve's band, they're playing. And my wife starts talking to somebody and they said, you should move to Wenatchee. Wenatchee's beautiful. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Wenatchee. I wanted to move to Ellensburg cause I went to college there. Anyway, we come to Wenatchee. I hadn't been to Wenatchee maybe ever, but I think I was there one time before. And we're driving down the main drag when it's called Wenatchee Avenue. And there's this, old sign neon sign wally's house of booze and i go this is the place for me i i'm not a big drinker but what a cool name Mm -hmm. and it is a dive bar and have you seen a band from tacoma called the twang junkies Mm -mm. you you should probably go see them you'd like you'd like them yeah they're 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 pretty cool they play slims fairly often by the way so, okay, okay, I'll keep my eyes open yeah, for them. The Twang Junkies. Anyway, I, I know the guys in the band, and they have this running gag. That that's where they want to play is Wally's House of Booze. And uh, 
I finally got a hold of the booking agent, uh, left him a message actually today to see if I can get the twang junkies to come to Wenatchee to play Wally's house of booze. It's just fun to say. It um, is. It's just a fun name. Anyway, it's a great dive bar. So you like music with an edge mm-hmm. and I like that you take a little bit of liberty with tuning and, you know, and all of that. That's, 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 that's a creative loophole in your, in your, in your own process. I like that. Well, and, and the way I pick, you know, talking about picking with an edge, the way I pick the bands is I've got a, this is kind of nerdy, but I've got a spreadsheet of my favorite, probably 22 venues or so that all that has the URLs of the, of the calendars of all of them. And usually on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, usually Thursday, sometimes Friday morning, I just go through and click them and see who's playing. And I hit play. And if they capture my attention in 15 seconds, I go see them. So that's, that's some news for bands out there. If you want the guy who draws the band in one song to be out there, make sure your songs that are really interesting in the first 15 seconds are the ones that show up in Google. Boy, you know, the the media is full of we've lost our attention span, and, and, you know, and, and here you are creating art in one song, and now you're telling us that you have to be interested in 15 seconds to go create the art. Well, hmm. that's kind of a rule about any good music. I mean, I if you're 30 seconds in and nothing's happened yet, move no, on. No, no, that's that's awesome. Although I love Dark Side of the Moon, and that doesn't nothing happens in that for the first minute, and it's fantastic. So uh, there are exceptions to every rule, right? Well, and you know, you grew up on the Beatles and the and Kiss, so you know, like um, here's here's an interesting fact. I don't know where I saw this. Was it in the? I don't think it was in the Seattle Times. Okay. So you're familiar with the band Steely Dan? Of course. You remember the song "Ricky Don't Lose That Number"? Mm -hmm. The woman that inspired that song lives in Port Townsend. Is that right? Yes. She, uh, I read the article and I'm, I'm, I reached out to her. I wanted to be, cause she's a, she's a, an author and an artist, um, uh, which was, you know, she's a creative. She's 80 years old now. Oh, and, wow. Well, you think about it, that song came out like 72. Yeah. That I makes mean, sense. You know, it's 50 years ago. Yeah. So she was at a party at Bard college, which is where Donald Fagan went to college. Both, both of okay. both the guys went to college at Bard. And, um, she was pregnant. She was married and pregnant. And uh, Donald Fagan gave her his phone number saying, please call me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she never did. And that inspired the song. There you go. So, uh, you know, you, you, music inspiration, you, you never know where you're going to get it from. Mm-hmm. What type of band, and when I'm type, I'm not talking musically, but performance style, do you like? What, what works well with this whole um, song in a minute? Well, they're all different. And the this isn't quite an answer, but it's a roundabout answer. Okay. And that is if if you watch how I work, you'll notice that that I don't draw the first song. I show up, I sit down, I wait for the band to start. And the first song, I'm watching the musicians. Okay. Because every musician has their thing. Okay. I don't want to play right. poker against you because you're going to find out what my tell is too. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, it take, I, I don't always catch it, but like, <laughs> I mean, you go to an ACDC show, you know, you're going to get one of these, right? right? I mean, it's just every musician has their thing, the way they stand, the way they hold your guitar. Are they a high strapper or a low strapper? Right. Uh, right. Do they move around a lot? <laughs> There's one musician, uh, Tim DiGiulio, probably one of the best guitarists in Seattle right now. And it took me 
several shows to get a good drawing of him because his energy is fantastic and he's all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't figure out what his thing was because he would never stay any place long enough to have a thing. Okay. But so I show up, I look for their thing. And once I know what their thing is, I can, I can get them. Okay. And it might be completely different with some bands than it is with others. Okay. So certain type, not really, but the first song, it, that's how I determine how I'm going to draw them. Okay. Um, you got straight up drummers. You got lean over drummers. Right. Right. No, that's interesting that you, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying. I just haven't really processed that, you know, consciously. Next time you go see a band, yeah, watch you're it, ruining you know, music for me. Now I'm going to want to sketch, and I can't, I can't draw stick figures. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be awful. Your 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 shtick is not going to be. Now I will not be competition for you. I could not draw a band in a in a year, much less one song. Okay. What? Okay. One of the things, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce over to your website because I want to read what you say. Okay. If I'm gonna, you know, if I'm gonna talk about you i want to say it accurately right sure <clears throat> okay here are the rules i follow no pressure it's perfectly okay if the drawing is terrible pencil doesn't hit paper until the song starts when the song ends the drawing ends and you allow yourself to add watercolor and hand letter if so inspired but no altering the original pencil lines yeah so i have questions about each of these lines but i'm going to start sure. with the the watercolor and hand lettering. You do that after the show. You're not doing that at the show, correct? I I used to bring my watercolors to the show, but I don't anymore. This it's just it's too much stuff too much. to go in. So but I do hand letter at the show quite okay. often, actually. Okay, so you do hand letter. All right. We already know that when the song ends, if they're tuning, that's your loophole. That's, that's cool. right. Pencil doesn't hit paper till the song starts. That seems pretty self-explanatory as well. Sure. What happens though if a band, every now and then a band will do this. They'll start and they'll go, oh, we're in the wrong key or something and they'll stop. Do you, is that drawing? I just keep going. Okay. So no pressure. It's perfectly okay if the drawing is terrible. Mm-hmm. How often are they terrible? I'm not at liberty to say. Okay. <laughs> I mean, is yeah. it, is it, because I would think, and I, once again, I can't draw a stick figure, but I would think that this is not a hundred percent success rate. No, definitely and, not. And I've seen uh, uh, lots of your work, so I know it's you've got a, a success rate here. But is it? Is it? Let me ask: Is it more often successful or less often successful? Um, you know, it's interesting. I, when I first started doing this, I was always really, really uh, excited and proud about it and wanted to go up and show the bands. And they were always really nice about it and stuff like that. And I look back at the books when I first started doing that. And in fact, just today, I had taken one that I was really proud of. I had added some watercolor to it later. And I've had it, I printed it on a canvas and I had it on my wall here. And I actually threw it away today. Oh, so no. I was like, that thing is terrible. Why would I ever show that piece of crap to anybody? It's in my garbage can. I, right I, now. I believe you. I, I do believe. Um, but uh, so now I, I go to a show. If there's three, or, there's usually three or four bands mm -hmm. and I come away from every show with 15 to 25 drawings, depending on how many they put in the set list. Okay. And I scan them all in 
except for ones that are really, really bad. Okay. And I probably like two thirds of them. Okay. That's, that's a really good number. That's what, I mean, that's, I mean, think about that. You're, you're drawing these in three to five minutes, right? You, you know, mm-hmm. ish. and if 60 to 75% of them are, I'll say acceptable or better. How's that? Yeah, we'll just call it. I'm acceptable. willing to post them and, right. and show them to other people. So. That's pretty, that's a pretty high success rate. Well, part of the, part of the reason I like them. And I think part of the reasons the bands like them. And part of the reason this is successful is because they're not trying to capture. This is not trying to be a picture of the band mm-hmm. and the band doesn't see it as a picture of the band, but they, they have said this to me. There's like, you've really caught our energy. So you're not looking at a, a picture. You're not looking at a what's the word I'm I'm looking for a a facsimile. You're looking for a mood, and it's easy for that to feel right. Very interesting because after the Christy McWilson show, you posted a couple, and I reached out to you. I said, "Hey, I want to buy one of these." I mean, and that was and the reason was is because it was there was an energy. It wasn't. I couldn't, had I not been there, I wouldn't have known that that's, you know, Jackson or that's Christy or that was Dave, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known. But you caught their, in, dare I say, the aura of them. The, 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 you know, it was, it was, an, it was an, a, a, a representation of energy. That's a, a really interesting, that's what caught me. Well, so, I've had the band say to me before, "You totally, that's totally me. And I look at it and I look at them and I look at it and I'm like, all right, <laughs> I guess. Well, well, but I, it, you, you caught, you, you captured, uh, you captured something. And, and I think, I think your brain or our brains fill in the other detail. I mean, you know, you were saying earlier about Yosemite, you could smell the pine and all that. Yeah. Well, that obviously you can't unless you were using scented pencils that you were sketching with. Um, you know, I mean, unless you, you know, put in air fresheners, I don't kid. But, you know, your your brain fills in the the, the blanks for us, I, th- I think is pretty interesting. Well, the other thing that happens is um, if I video, if I pull out my phone and I shoot a video of the band playing the song, Mm-hmm. I've got the band playing the song. If it's a four minute song, I got a four minute video, right? So right. I can capture that song in four minutes. If I take a picture, I have one millisecond of that band. Mm-hmm. But I believe, and this might be a little woo woo, my drawing has the whole song, but you can look at it in that second. Because it's got the guitar solo in it. It's got the chorus. It's got the verse. Everything that's happening in that song happens on that piece of paper. It's like a little time lapse. Interesting. I'm asking this next question tongue in cheek. Please Because do. I'm asking the question of myself at the same time. But are you a frustrated musician? <laughs> Absolutely. I ask because I can't, you know, I told you earlier, I can't draw. Well, I can't sing or play an instrument either. I love music. I, I, and I, I have since I was a, a young child and, and I, I grew up and I spent a lot of money on music uh, as a preteen and teen in my twenties. And I have, sure I have a ridiculously large collection of one particular band, 
Um, and I, I, I couldn't stand up on stage and do that. And so well, I, I'm a frustrated musician too. So I was just curious because here you are, you're describing this and, and you and you call it woo woo. I don't think so. I think it's just a, I think it's a way to ca- somehow a still image that if you're thinking like a camera, you the pencil's exposing the image over mm-hmm. the course of the song. It's an exposure. Mm-hmm. And it's just that it's drawn with a, with a, with a pencil, not, not a piece of film or, you know, yeah. a bunch of ones and zeros in the form of, you know, bits and bytes. What's next for you? What do you want to do? Like, is there a band that you want? Like, who's the, who's the, who's the holy that grail? That answer is so easy. I need Dave Grohl to know when he comes to town, I want him to call me or have his guy call me and say, we need you down here to draw Foo Fighters. That's the goal. That's the goal. So anybody you know who knows Dave or any of the other guys in Foo Fighters, you let them know. Hey, I, I just I'm not asking for any favors here, right? I I just love people to be who know Dave to be like, did you know that draw the band and one song guy is in Seattle? You gotta you you should have him up there. And I've I've gotten in. Uh, I drew M- Mike McCready uh, okay. when he was playing with the Rockfords, and you know they they see my book and they let me inside the barrier instead of outside the barrier, so that the the audience isn't pounding into me. Wow. And, and, okay. Uh, I've drawn X X. I don't know if you're into the, the L.A. punk scene. Uh, I've seen him a few times. That. Seen him a few times. So I drew X at the Crocodile, another place I love to draw because their stage is exactly art table height, mm-hmm. so I can put my stuff right there and it's perfect. So I draw X, they finish their show, they run off the stage, and the, there's like a curtain thing there. And it as the curtain goes down, as soon as they disappear, and it comes back up, and a guy comes out from backstage and walks right up to me. I'm right in front of the stage and points right in my face and says, you, don't go anywhere. I'm like, what? He's like, the band wants to know what you were doing. Can you hang out? I'm like, are you kidding? So I just sort of like dee 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 as the crowd dispersed. Doo, 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 doo. And I met X. They all signed my drawing. They were super, super nice. Uh, had a great time. And then next time they were in town, they played at the showbox. And I came up and I saw John Doe walking on the stage. I'm like, hey, remember me? I drove the band in one song. And he looked at me. He's like, uh, kind of. <laughs> so was- John Doe kind of remembers me. So was that the showbox show that S- Squeeze was the opening act? No, it was, that was uh, a weird, that was a weird twin bill. That is a weird twin bill. It was a weird twin bill. It was uh low straight jackets and okay. who was the other? Uh, uh, skating Polly. Okay. Yeah. Who I last, recently drew at the uh, South sound black block party. They're a lot of fun. The, the last time I saw X was at the show box with squeeze. Okay. And I like squeeze. Uh, I did not care for them live. I was really, okay. um, just they had a so you know what squeeze you know squeeze is sure, british sure. pop you know songwriter blah, blah, blah. they had a drummer that to me wanted to be in like jeff leopard or iron maiden <laughs> it was just this concert hold his sticks up and you know he was just and it was like this drummer just doesn't fit yeah right but after the show i find out he's been their drummer for like 20 years well he just has this you know he's got this whole you know or, stadium rock persona you know and, <laughs> and black coffee and bag you know um but billy zoom was 
his health is, you know, deteriorating. And so he sat most of the show yep. on a stool. Yeah. But they were, uh, were great. I saw the knitters at the Tractor Tavern, which is, I love you know, the tractor. and that was on election night when Obama was elected president and Eddie Vedder comes out on stage and we're in the, I'm at the, well, you've been to the tractor. I'm at oh, the stage. I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm six, four. Nobody likes the big, the big fat guy in the front, but yeah, guess what folks, you get to stare at my back tonight. Yeah. Um, I don't have a camera, so it's okay. I can block the view and run the show. Um, <laughs> if you're not a photographer, it's fine. I'm not a photographer. It's okay. No, and I try to be very conscious of that, but you know, anyway, but we got to the, my, my buddy and I, we got, we worked our way up to the front and Andy Vetter comes out on stage and, uh, you know, I've seen Andy Vetter before and all that, but sure. it was, it was still kind of a surreal moment. Do you like, do you like drawing at the tractor? I do. I like drawing at the tractor. There's a spot on the left side of the stage where there's a big cabinet right there and I can get right in the side. I really love that spot because straight on the band is four things that are all the same size. If you get over to the side, you've got a big one, a medium one and a small one, and it creates a really good depth to the drawing. Um, I was there working on the right near the bass cabinet watching Acid Tongue. Okay. And their bass player came up in a frenzy and literally stepped right in the middle of my art. Bam. So first I was kind of mad. I was like, what? You stupid. And then I was like, no, no. I'm in his turf. He gets to do what he wants. I'm aside. He's the musician, whatever. Then once I realized that, I was like, I got to get a picture of this. So I got a picture of their bass player's acid tongues bass player's foot right on the middle of my drawing it's fantastic that's awesome all right so dave Grohl, dave Grohl. that's the that's the that's the pinnacle for you how about local act i mean i dave i, I can't call dave local sure. what you know he you know, he just he wasn't local in nirvana i mean he wasn't he wasn't he owned a house in shoreline i mean yep. blah 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 we can make all those excuses but i don't think of dave Grohl as a seattle guy no but how about of local bands that you haven't seen? Is there is there one or two that are out there that you're like, I kind of want to check this out? Well, when I drew the Rockfords with uh, Mike McCready, uh, I got a chance to, my again, my sketchbook gets me in a lot of places. Uh -huh. But uh, I got a chance to meet him and show him the artwork and stuff like that. And I said, Mike, I had a great time sketching your band here tonight. And... If you have any other musical endeavors, I would be happy to sketch that as well. He's like, hmm, what are you getting at? I was like, I know, it's shameless. And he's like, call that guy right over there. And I, I uh, talked to him, and I have not heard back yet, so we'll see what happens. Man, maybe they'll take you to Italy or something like that. You know, you can stand on the side of the stage in, in Europe or something for be a show. more than willing to be the touring, yeah. draw the band in one song guy for any big band. That's kind of a cool thing. All but right. I honestly... Uh, all of the bands that I love to draw, many people haven't heard of, and I haven't heard of yet, because I like going to small places where I can walk up and talk to them, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, show them the drawings and just talk to them about music, talk to them about art, uh, you know. And the the tragic flaw in that is it means that none of my drawings are worth anything because nobody knows who the bands are, but. If one of these bands makes it big, I'm going to have sketchbook gold. That's like collecting baseball cards and buying rookie cards of football it's, players. If, if, if he ever makes it big, I'm, I'm going to be a, yeah, I'm going to be a wealthy person. Okay. Exactly right. But I, it's not about, it's not the, it's like, yeah, I sell them if people want to buy them, but it's to me, it's, I love the experience of 
being by the side of a stage with feeling the the boom and the bass and drawing and it's just uh, it's it's a great feeling i love it earlier you mentioned you go down as far south as tacoma if it's a good band Mm -hmm. what rooms in tacoma have you drawn in uh jazz bones alma which i saw just closed yep um i think that's only well i drew iron maiden at the tacoma dome but i'm not sure that counts i was 200 yards away yeah, nothing in the Tacoma Dome is just not a great venue for live music. It's no. just, I've seen a lot of bands there, and I just, it's just, there's some, it's, yeah, anyway. Okay. Have you ever done um, the Spanish Ballroom by Ed McMahon's? Yes, yes, of okay. course. Spanish Ballroom. I saw Death. My Of course. My favorite show I've ever gone to was a band called Death. You know them? No, I do not. So I'll, I'll I don't want to meet them for a long time. Just, just, just. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'll make the story as short as possible. In the early seventies, there were three, uh, three kids. They were brothers, three black kids in Detroit. And when everything Detroit was Motown mm-hmm. and they were listening to black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and deep purple and that kind of stuff. So they wanted to rock mm-hmm. and they had recently lost their dad to cancer and uh their lead guitarist uh david you know their brothers mm-hmm. said you know they were spiritual they said our dad isn't gone he's just in a better place he has transcended he's gone on to a, a, a deeper thing death is not something to be afraid of it's a it's a stepping stone let's call okay. our band death great so they're doing their stuff they're going they've recorded a record they're ready to make the deal they're ready to get dis- distribution and the record label says great all we got to do is change your name because nobody's going to buy music from a band called death and they're like this is a tribute to our father we're not changing anything and they lost the deal and the only thing they had the recordings they had a single with the b-side and they had 50 of those and so when they lost their deal they tried to get those 50 out there to radio stations to see if they could get some more traction and got rid of about 28 of them. And 30 years later, there's a kid from Detroit living in San Francisco, goes to an underground music party. Here's this song called politicians in my eyes by the band called death. And <laughs> he listens to it and he call, goes home and calls his dad. He says, dad. Or, no, he hears the song. He says, that sounds like my uncle David. So he goes home, he calls his dad. He says, dad, was uncle David in a band called death? And the dad starts laughing. He's like, he sure was. He's like, why didn't you tell me? These guys are amazing. And a documentary film guy somehow got a hold of this conversation and started interviewing people and made a documentary called a band called death. And because of that, they got some notoriety. They published the record and they went on tour they rocked our faces off at the Spanish ballroom and they're 70. What a cool story. Best band, best show I've been to so far. It was awesome. Now, did you draw there or did you oh, just yeah. go? Oh, okay, yeah. You drew there. I drew and I. Do you draw at every show? Do you draw at every show you go to or do you ever yes. go just to listen? In fact, I was, I was feeling a little needed to, to relax one night and went to Daryl's to a show. I thought, I'm not even going to take my stuff. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the music. And two songs in the first into the first band, I was like, no, I can't. And I ran next door to Fred Meyer and bought a, a sketchbook and a couple of flare felt tip pens and came back and drew the rest of the show. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I can't not draw now. 
Okay. Have you done um, McMiniman's The Anderson School up in Bothell? Mm -mm. Up to that venue? Mm -mm. They, um, they, yeah, the, I, I still think the Spanish Ballroom's, uh, the Spanish Ballroom's a great venue. Yeah. Uh, let's see, where else would I think you should, or where is good music? So you said you had a spreadsheet of bands. Uh-huh, of venues. Of venues. So yep. share with me some of those venues. Like, what's what's on the rotation of those, you know, you've got a uh, spreadsheet. Nectar. I really like Nectar because they draw a younger audience. And since I'm social media, I get a lot more followers when I go to Nectar. Um, <laughs> That's a, I'm okay. A, I'm a narcissist. I can't help it. Look at me. Look at me. See, I did this. Um, I love Nectar. I love the High Dive. I, I love, uh, I, I think I've already brought up the Skylark in West Seattle. In fact, the Skylark was really nice to me during the pandemic when uh, King 5 did that story. Mm -hmm. They were going to just do it outside somewhere and every place was closed because of the plague. And I actually, I called the, the guy who runs the Skylark and I said, nobody's using your stage. Can I sit on your stage for an interview and then he's like absolutely come on down so skylark let me do my interview on their stage with the black velvet curtains and red velvet curtains and so they have a special spot in my heart okay um where else slims um done the fun house a couple of times it's really hard to draw at the fun house um, okay but i've gotten some good stuff there um hang on got my list right here uh, Connor Byrne, like okay. going there. Okay, Alma Tacoma, I can take that one off the list. Barboza, <laughs> Barboza usually has late shows, which means they also have early shows. So for a guy like me to be able to finish a show and go out in the sun still hasn't gone down yet, that's always nice. <laughs> Central Saloon, love drawing at Central Saloon. Um, done Chop Suey a couple of times. I drew, uh, uh, Cracker and Camper Van Beethoven at Chop okay. Suey. That was a lot of fun. Clock Out Lounge is a good one. Uh, I told you, I talked about the Crocodile, El Corazon, High Dive, Jazz Bones, Madame Luz. Madame Luz. Okay. Madame Luz, if I can throw a piece of advice out to Madame Luz, they've got a lot, a lot of lights behind their stage, and you get a lot of silhouettes of the musicians instead of the full musicians. And it was hard to get my eyes to adjust to the band and then to the to the sketcher. So for the single person who needs eye adjustments, put some lights in front of the stage. Nectar. Uh, have not drawn at the Neptune yet, but they're on my list. Mm -hmm. X is coming to the Neptune on December 11th, and I'm trying to decide if I want to do that. Oh, I didn't, why didn't I see that? Um, it's their Xmas hmm. tour. Oh, I think I did see that, and I said I'm not going to come over the pass. Rabbit Box, they do. They're a newer, newer venue, and they're they're a nice spot. They also have tables by the stage, so that's a good thing. Um, Southgate Roller Rink, it's hard to be, it's hard to be discreet <laughs> at Southgate Roller Rink because the audience is roller skating around you, and if you you're the one who, guy who's standing still holding a sketchbook. Hi, Chester. I'm babysitting my, I'm dog sitting my grand dog. Your grand dog, and he's. Bop, 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 it's yep. like, is it time to play now? It's not. No, Chester, go. What what type of dog is Chester? Golden Retriever. Okay, so low energy. <laughs> he he has high energy till you tell him no, then he'll just lay down at your feet and just yeah. wait till it's time to play. He's he's the best dog I've ever seen. Anyway, 
I'm I'm on your site and I have questions. Tim's that's a good one. Okay, go ahead. Bring up bring on the questions. So I'm looking I'm looking at um uh I clicked on skyline style. Yes. And it says the quote says, well not sorry quote, but it says a friend of mine, a friend saw one of my images and said he liked the skyline of the band. That comment inspired a new technique where I draw the skyline as a single line, then add details. All right. Help me out here. Okay. Because I am looking at an image. Uh, it's Dirty Revival at Nectar, the drawing that inspired it all. So I'm looking at the one. Mm-hmm. Where's this single line that I, that I feel one, like I should be? That one okay. is not a single line. That's the one okay. where he looked at it and they were sort of like lined up at like a yeah. skyline, like a, right. a, you know, landscape almost, if you will. And he, he oh. just said that. Oh, that's it. I like the skyline you captured of the band. It's like skyline. I'm going to try that. So the rest of them, you'll see. I start in the lower yeah. left, and I draw around, and then fill in the details. Right. So I'm looking at First Saint Street playing at the Blue Moon, mm-hmm. and I see this this uh, rust colored line that goes. Okay, now I see it. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's kind of a fun one. So I'm looking at these and. My question is, you're drawing these on a notebook, right? So mm-hmm. cr- cream-colored paper, basically, off-white, maybe super yep. white, I don't know. I've got a white and a brown and a black that I take to every show. Okay, so that's the question I have is I'm looking through, and some of these don't have names on them. Oh, uh, Radke playing at the, the Clock Out Lounge. So that's primarily green and white on a black background. Yeah. That's not you, not you. That's not you manipulating it in Photoshop nope. to a black background. Okay. So then I'm looking. I don't do digital. It's you don't do all, digital. It's all real. So then the, the coat hangers uh-huh. is on a, a tan, a beige piece of paper. Uh-huh. I really like the art when it's on the, the, the brown paper. I think the, the texture of the paper gives it an interesting element. That's I don't know the, why I say that. But the I other thing like I that. like about working on the, the craft color paper is I can work in both shadow and highlight. Okay. Make the dark areas go dark, make the, the highlights stand out, and it, it creates a depth that you okay. can't get just on a you know white sheet. Right. Yeah, these are these are really cool and we'll put a link in the show notes to them. Um they're they're very cool. Has has a band ever not liked what you've done? Like, did you, they show it to you and they go, oh, why'd you, you know, did anybody ever? No, they always. And that's when that. you smash one of their guitars or something and say, well, I didn't like listening to you either. You know, <laughs> They have always been, if they didn't like it, they didn't tell me. They have yeah. always been super gracious, super friendly. I, there's a, a, a solo artist named Star Anna, and sometimes she plays with other people. And I went and drew her. And, you know, I just show up at these venues and I draw. And then after their gig's over, after their set is over, I've got these business cards. Did I give you one of my cards? You did not. Because we didn't talk. We did not talk it. Oh, well, that's right. So my cards, okay. a big type. I draw the band in one song, right? Because these places are noisy. There's a lot going on. All I have to do is hold up the book and point at that. And they know what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was very deliberate about that. And then What's I on draw, the back? I, I draw, I draw okay. the gear on the back let's see if i've got one yeah well this isn't the gear but this is a velvet painting on the wall at daryl's okay but i usually draw the band's gear on there so that they can look at it and go oh that's my guitar 
because the right. cards, the cards are just blank. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Anyway, I, I'm so she finishes her set. I walk up to her. I show her the card. She looks at me and she goes, ah! "She's like, I've been hoping you draw. I've followed you for a long time. I've been hoping you'd show up and draw me sometime." That's cool. And that was really that was that was a good moment for me. That's very cool. So I th- I think you're gonna get Grohl. <laughs> I do. I, I think hope you're so. gonna, I think you're gonna get Grohl because here's the thing. You you've talked to Mike McCready. Yeah. You've talked you've talked to Star Anna and she plays with Mark Pickerel and other people, and they yep. all those circles overlap. Yes. Okay. Those the, the, the Venn diagram is very small in Seattle. Right, the Venn diagram of Dave Grohl being in the center is you're you're pretty close to that. In fact, in fact, you've heard of the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? Sure. Have you ever figured out how many degrees from Kevin Bacon you are by chance? Well, Kevin Bacon, I'm two degrees in two different directions, actually. Okay. So there's got to be a couple of degrees to Dave Grohl, right? Exactly. It, it, there's got to be a couple of degrees to. to I've Dave heard Grohl. he's pretty well connected with Mike uh, Mark Pickerel. I've heard they're pretty good friends. In fact, somebody told me that when Dave went off the stage in Sweden and broke his leg, that one of the first texts he sent was to Mark Pickerel. That's what I heard. That's a rumor. But if that's true, Mark Pickerel really likes me. I've drawn him a couple of times, and. Uh, Mark's a really nice guy. So I have this I have this crazy strategy. I have written 20 different ways to say, hey, is the guy from who draws the band in one song going to be at your show, Dave? And I'm going to give it to a whole... They just announced their show a couple weeks ago. But I'm going to give it to a whole bunch of my local Seattle friends and say, uh, Seattle bands who know me and who I think like me, and say, would you be willing to post this on the girl stories and the Foo Fighters site? Just say, hey, if... If the draw the band in one song guy comes to your show, I want one of the drawings, whatever. I don't want somebody, Dave, can Dave, can Jeff come back to your stage? I'm not asking somebody to call in a favor. I just want people to know. I, I just want him to know, Dave, have you seen this guy? Did you know he's here? And then let Dave make the decision. Because I, I got to think that this is in the realm of possibilities. I don't, and I would honestly tell you if I thought you were, you know, yeah. Not. I I think that there's this is in the realm of possibilities. I think it's he's done so many quirky things with people, you mm-hmm. know, bringing kids up on stage and, yeah. and and he's just been he just seems like have you read his book? Yes. And I his mean, mom's he, book. I haven't read his mom's book. Okay. They're both but, you know, fantastic. I just, you know, he just seems like what a He's one of the few celebrities that I think would be, and and I'm very cautious about celebrities because we 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 tend to overlay our opinions on them, right? Sure, it's not necessarily fair. But Grohl seems like somebody who would be fun to spend a few minutes talking to. Like he'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Would he remember me the next time? You no, know, he'd probably give me the look like John Doe gave you. I <laughs> think so, but you know, <clears throat> I don't care. I don't care. All right, I have some questions. Um, Bring it we, on as we get ready to wrap this up um, and my browser froze and now it's doing weird things. What's wrong with the internet? While you're looking up, there's something that you won't see on my site because I haven't updated it to that, but I think okay. it's important to talk about. And that is my jelly print drawings. 
Jelly prints. Yeah, my wife does these, and I'll, I can show them to you. But my wife does these things called jelly prints, and you can look it up on the internet. It's a it's a crafty kind of thing, right? Where she prints this stuff on paper, and just right. then she like snap stamps letters out of it, and makes thank you cards, and you know, okay, who knows what she she does little collage things with them and stuff like that. So I'm on my way to a gig one day, and she has a bunch of these on her desk, and I was like can I take a couple of those? And she said, sure. And then I draw the bands on them and they have such, she has kicked my stuff up to another level. Well, that looks like an album cover. Well, and by coincidence, it is 12 by 12, which is the same size as an album cover. So I'm like, Oh, look, this is the same size of an album cover in case that gives you any ideas. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Okay. So does your wife, okay, so we, this episode's about you, but you mentioned yeah. your wife, so I'll, I feel like she's fair game to ask sure, a couple absolutely. questions about. Does she go with you to these? No, she doesn't really enjoy live music. Okay, so this is your thing? <laughs> yep. You, okay. That's one of the reasons I do one show a week, is I look at the shows that are coming on Friday and on Saturday, and mm-hmm. one of those nights is date night, and the other night is show night. Okay. And I've been. What happens if there's a conflict? What happens if the Foo Fighters are in town on date night? She'd be fine if I went, if I didn't go. I mean, that's not. <laughs> She'd be fine if you didn't go to the Foo Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. She would not be fine with that. She's like, if you, if you pass up the Foo Fighters, you're an idiot. But. Okay. Uh, All right. She sounds no, okay. We've been married 33 years and okay. very happy. And I think one of the reasons is we do date night once a week. And if Thursday and Friday are both shows, that's fine. You know, we miss date night a week or whatever. And sometimes there's no shows and we'll go do two things on Friday and Saturday. So uh-huh. it's okay. flexible. But the, the, the guideline is I try to, she gets one night and I get one night. And uh, okay. she, frankly, she uses a lot of her Friday nights when I'm out to do, to do stuff like this. And she, she loves that stuff. So. One of the questions I ask every single one of my guests. So I have three questions I ask my guests. We're gonna we're gonna ramp into that segment Let's of do it. now. And I think I prompted you with two out of three. I told I don't think I told you the third one because I don't like to tell the third one. Mm. So I have there's four things we're gonna ask you tonight. So number one, we'll go this one out of the way first. What didn't I ask you? What should we have talked about that we didn't? My favorite story to tell about drawing the band in one song. All right, let's hear it. I was at a place, and I'm not going to say where it is because I don't want people to be scared to go to this place. But I was at a place where the bar and the stage are fairly close together, probably five feet away. And I had a spot right on the corner of the bar where I was drawing. It was a four-band night where half the way through the first band, and there's a lady out there in the audience really getting into it clearly had had many drinks and we're halfway through the first band right she was gone and it was also pretty clear that she was there by herself she kept trying to work her way into different social groups and i felt a little bad for her because nobody should not be included right but she was not being included and i think her uh her her state Mm -hmm. was not helping and in that state, she wound up going to the bathroom a bunch of times. And every time she went, she basically climbed over me to get to the bathroom and then over me to get back. In fact, to the point where 
she climbs over me once on the way back from the bathroom and I lean over to the next guy to me and I was like, hashtag me too. And <laughs> he's like, dude, don't look her in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> so we're now we're fast forward. We're in the last, in the last set of the, of the last band. Oh, okay. I'm still facing the stage. Uh, sometimes when the last band goes on at 12, get close to one, the crowd is not as big as it was at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so it's starting to die down a little bit. So the bar stool next to me is empty. She comes over, she gets on the bar stool next to me facing the bar. I'm facing the stage. She's facing the bar. She's, I don't know if she's trying to cash out, trying to get another drink, whatever. She's leaning over towards the bartender. And all of a sudden she starts to lean and she's like leaning more leaning more, leaning more. And then she gets past the point of balance and drops. I feel teeth go into my shoulder. She bit me on the shoulder. Not, she didn't draw blood or anything, but I felt her teeth and I pushed her back and I pointed at her and I said, enough. And she went away. So I go home and I'm like, Kim, I have a confession to make. I've been bitten by another woman. <laughs> So that is, that's the, the biggest adventure I have had. It's not quite a, a broken leg off the edge of the stage, but that's the best story I've got so far from my drawing experiences. Oh my gosh. All right. Okay. So that's my, okay. I, I, I think everything here from here is downhill now, but that was <laughs> awesome. All right. So you're a Seattle, I'm going to call you a Seattle guy, North Seattle. Sure. I love coffee. Okay. Where's a great place for me to go get a cup of coffee? You want to hear something funny? Before I was at Boeing, I was at Starbucks for six years in their promo department. I was in their IT department. Were you? Well, there you go. We might've been there at the same time. No, I was there before you. Anyway. I looked on, at least according to LinkedIn. I don't drink coffee. People say, how can you work at Starbucks and not drink coffee? I was like, well, I'm kind of like the fat guy that works at Nike. <sighs> anyway, so. Uh, so uh, the question's all about me, though. Where can I go, can get, go good get good coffee? Good coffee? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, uh, Vita. I think Cafe Vita gets pretty good yep. reports. Okay, and good Rick reports. Thrill, the bass player of Jody Watts Band and of Chris Freel. Uh, I'm sorry. Danny Rockford. Rickman, the Sugar Makers, Rockford's. I think he works at Vita. So, what I would I follow him there? on Twitter. Yeah, he posts a lot of coffees. He um, is the sweetest, nicest guy I've ever met. We became friends over a Kiss T-shirt at the Tractor Tavern one night, and I've so just I, loved him ever since. So he is somebody I've wanted to have on the show, and he has held me off because I don't like to be interviewed, and mm -hmm. I, I, I. Rick, if you hear this, I don't believe you. <laughs> I, I, I'd like, I'd like Rick to be on because I. There's a lot of he's had a lot of exposed experiences in the Seattle music scene. Mm -hmm. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So, Cafe Vita is a good solid choice for for. By the way, that's a good one for a non coffee drinker. If that's a safe one, that's a good answer. All right. I'm now getting into Seattle and it's around lunchtime. So I'm always looking because I am the mm. fat man that works at Nike. Uh, wh where's a great place for lunch? This is over simple, but I love a bowl of pho at Tan Brothers. Okay. 
In fact, I don't know what they put in it. About every four days, I'm like, I need, I need some more of that. All right. Um, where else? Um, I'm not really a foodie either. No, it's okay. I mean, my favorite food is the food I didn't have to fix. But, mine too. Uh, okay. I love, uh, uh, love. You need a burger. You need a burger is fantastic. Or Burger Master, the Bacon Master. You can't go wrong with with that, and you get to eat it in your car. Okay, so I'm going to disagree with you there. Okay, and, and here's why. Um, I, 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 when I eat in my car, it's always for a matter of I'm in a rush, sure. right? And so I don't care about the food. I just need to not be hungry. Mm-hmm. We have a burger place in Wenatchee called Mission Burger. Ooh. They're great. It's it's a great this. A, uh, not, I don't want to say he's a classically trained chef, but he's a he's a trained chef. He, you know, he was in fine dining for a number of years. He decided to go into into burgers, and they're great. A burger and a shake and fries is twenty five bucks. It's a you know, it's not a cheap meal, but it's it's really good food. But you have to eat it in your car. Yeah. And so I've I so good food in the car burger master is great yeah and i've, I've eaten in my car at burger master it's yes. car level food it's like the yeah, best car it, level food i i wouldn't yeah. want to i wouldn't want to eat a you need a burger in my car okay it's yeah that's just that's, that's where my disagreement is okay so my last question of you this is very important you have to answer you have to you can't not answer this okay. question all right i hope i have every guest gets this question cake or pie and why? Funny you should ask that, because tonight is actually pie night for me. I've got a whole group of guys, and we go out on Thursday nights, and we get pie. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. Um, okay. I love pie. Um, okay. So- I think it's the cake is all sweet. Pie is a combination of the tangy and the not, mm-hmm. you know, the crust okay. is very neutral, which I like. Okay. What pie do you, what, what, what's your, where, where, where do you run in the pie family? I'm probably 90% of the time I go between two pies, the Oregon Marionberry with a scoop of ice cream or the chocolate cream supreme. Interesting. And, uh, the other, the rest of the time, if the right season, a good peach pie, that's a very narrow window. Very narrow. Um, but that Marion Berry, that's, that's a home run every time. Okay. Jeff, do you have anything else to add? Because I don't want to keep you from pie. Just thank you so much for letting me talk about what I do. I love drawing the band in one song. I love hearing live music. I love the energy that happens when live music is playing. And... Uh, the fact that you're letting me tell it to other people is I'm, I'm blown away. I'm, I'm honored. I'm thrilled. And thank you. Well, you made an impression at slams. I mean, you did. I mean, I, I, I mean, my wife and my friend Renee and I, we kept like, we kept looking at you and, and we kept looking at each other. And I'm like, what's he doing? You know, and, you know, what's he doing? And, and, and I, and I, I, 
we got there early and we got one of the few tables. And so I wasn't going to give that up. I was going to mm. cling to that like a life raft. Mm-hmm. I was not giving up that table. So I wasn't had, I had, I had more choices. I might've gone over and said, Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Cause that's the, and I would introduce myself like, Hey, what are you doing? But I thought that was really cool. And it was such a great night. And then to see the artwork come out the next day, you know, that was that show. Uh, unlike a lot of shows that I've been to in Seattle, uh, the buzz after the show was really significant. Christy's really got, significant. well, and Dave Alvin, they've got uh, deep roots in this scene. So have you ever seen, had you ever seen Dave Alvin before? No, I had not. Oh, in fact, okay. I didn't know anything about him. Everybody's like, Dave Alvin's going to be here. I was like, cool. Who's that? Yeah. I keep thinking, I know everything about music and every, Saturday when I go, how is it possible that I know the whole music scene, but there are 20 venues that all have bands I've never heard of? Or how do you go and go, last week was the greatest guitar player I've ever seen, and this week is the greatest guitar player I've ever seen, Mm -hmm. and oh my God, this person can play that one. Yeah, it's really interesting. The music scene is very, very interesting. Seattle's got a great scene, and um, Washington State's got great bands across the whole state, as, let's be fair, so does everywhere else, but... um, you know, Dave Alvin is just, he was so good. That was like, as soon as, as soon as he started to play, I was like, I, now I know what everybody's talking about. It was every once in a while, a musician sort of kicks it up to another level. And usually, uh, usually for me, it's a guitarist. Once in a while, it's a drummer. There was a band that came through here. They were actually from Sacramento called Horseneck. And as soon as they struck up and started playing, and I saw the drummer, I was like, whoa, that drummer is something else. And my buddy who was with me, he's like, man, she's beating on those drums like they owe her money. <laughs> or I love it. a bass player, um, Mary of Biblioteca. Mm-hmm. I mean, you walk in and they start to play and you're like, oh, there's rock star DNA in that person right there. It's every now and then you, you 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 get a musician and you're just like, huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, can I tell you one more good story? You, you may. So this happens to me once in a while, which is really kind of fun. And that is, again, the, the musicians in Seattle are very interchangeable. Different people mm-hmm. play with different things. I, I know a guy who's a fantastic drummer in one band and is a lead guitarist in another band. They move around, right? And... um. Because of that, maybe I know the members of the band and maybe I don't. Maybe I've seen them before. But it has happened to me on more than one occasion. I remember me talking about how the musicians have their thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I go to a show. I start drawing. I get halfway through the drawing and I'm like, I've drawn her before. And I go through the books and I realize – she was a different musician in a different band at a different venue, but because of her thing and I, because I started drawing it, I knew who it was. Interesting. And, uh, that's kind of a fun experience. Um, her name is Sarah and she was in, I used to remember all of the bands, but on 3000 drawings, I just, I just can't anymore. But, um, intrinsic she was in a band called intrinsic okay and she was playing at the Southgate roller rink and i got all the way through the thing and then i was like i know her and i looked back and sure enough i had drawn she's the one i drew at the blue moon um one of the first skyline drawings 
Okay. Same thing. The bass player from General Mojo's, he was in a different band. I had drawn him a long time ago. Get there, start drawing again. I was like, oh, I've drawn him before. Interesting. Anyway, if, is that an That's interesting really... story? That'll probably wind up on the cutting room floor, but I just. No, thought... no, we don't. We, we, the only thing that'll get cut out is uh, the break where I had to go let the dog out. Okay. I mean, we, we leave it, we leave this in warts and all, unless for a small fee, you'd like something removed. And then we're, <laughs> we're willing to, we're willing to remove things. No way, man. This is awesome. fun. Well, Jeff, thanks so much. This was this was a blast. I'm glad you were uh, able to make some time and be on the show. Again, I'm honored and thrilled that you that you asked me to do this. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the show. You can reach me on Twitter at ExploreWaState. I'd love to hear your comments. You can also visit our website at ExploreWashingtonState.com. If you know anyone who would like the show, it'd be amazing if you'd share the show with them. This is the biggest way that we grow this show. Good old word of mouth. Glad you were here with me today, and I hope to have you listening to the next episode. See you then.